Welcome to the Mama Hive. My goal with this podcast is to give all mamas more tools so that we can work together to create something beautiful in our families and as a society. The world needs hardworking, busy bee mamas who do good because together we're freaking unstoppable. Welcome back for another episode of Mama Hive. Today we're going to be diving into eating organic, kind of talking about all things relating to our, not all things, that'd be a really long episode, but some key points when we're talking about organic with the foods that we're consuming. I remember when um, I first transitioned to eating mostly organic products and produce, and I kept hearing people say things like, you know, organic is just a scam, it's just a way to get more money from you. And so I started looking into it, you know, about 10 years ago, and the reasons I found were, were valid, and for me, it made sense of why I should eat organic for the foods I was consuming. Um, and then lately, I've been diving pretty deep into some of the why behind organic, why we even have organic options to begin with when they were even on the market, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And so is, is it a scam? That is the real question. And it is not. And let's go into why. So there's a little bit of history involved. Um, so bit of a history lesson. So it all starts with a company called Monsanto. If you haven't heard of them, they're a giant agriculture company give them a quick goog. They have a spotty or dodgy history to say the least. But in the 1970s, they started selling Roundup, the weed killer, to commercial farmers. And farmers started, you know, obviously using this on their crop to kill the weeds. And it wasn't for a few years until their, their, you know, their crops weren't producing like they used to. So then Monsanto introduced GMO seeds and and plants, and these are genetically modified. It's because the farmers weren't able to get the normal yield from their crops. So there was kind of this double whammy for these farmers where they were not only spraying Roundup on their plants, but the plants they were using and planting were genetically modified. And so we saw this huge surge in these GMOs as well as Roundup, which the key ingredient is glyphosate. So then that's happening, you know, 70s, and the 80s. Um, then in the, the early 90s, Roundup starts to be become a really household name. It was a law was passed that allowed them to directly market to consumers. And so families started using it. Smaller farms and, you know, even just homes just to kill the weeds in your in your yard. Um, family started spraying this Roundup. So all of, all of a sudden, or over a period of time, I guess is a better way to say it, the, our food and soil supply and water supply just became saturated with glyphosate. And it's now estimated that each year, this is a yearly estimate, we spray close to 5 billion pounds of glyphosate into our soil, which then goes into our plants, our water, etc. So it, it saturates every aspect of what we're eating. We're spraying it on the plants that our animals are eating. So we get it through, you know, meats. We're spraying it directly on produce. So the produce that we're eating has this glyphosate. And according to many professionals and doctors and experts that have been studying this, um, this is why we've seen a huge explosion of chronic diseases over the past 25 years. Dr. Zach Bush is an awesome resource. I'll um, see if I can link to some of his stuff in, in the show notes because he has 
lots of, of research behind this and really explains it really well. Um, but we, you know, we started to see this explosion of all these diseases. And I think that a lot of us have seen this. A lot of us know someone that has an autoimmune disorder or a neurological disorder. Um, this obviously is impacting our children. A stat that came up a lot in my previous line of work was that um, one in 36 children, which one in 28 of them are boys, will be diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And that was in 2016. So it's 2020. I'm sure it's only increased since then. Um, one in 10 kids has ADD. One in 14 has a developmental disability of some sort. That's astronomical. That is one in 36, which... If you think about, you know, in the 70s or 80s, it wasn't really a thing. And it's it's not simply because we're diagnosing differently. Um, I, I was listening to someone once that just stated, you know, if, if it was all about different diagnostics, then where are the adults that are banging their heads against the walls or aren't potty trained, you know, through their whole lives, like so many kids on the spectrum are. And it's just not something that we see. So it's obviously something that came into our environment that started to change this. Um, so not only the neurological disorders, but in the in 2011, the CDC also reported that 54% over half of U.S. children have a chronic disorder by age 17. That's heartbreaking to me. And once again, it's, it's only going up. And this obviously impacts adults as well. There's depression, anxiety, autoimmune disorders are rampant, neurological disorders in adults, dementia and Alzheimer's, all of these things onsetting earlier um, and in younger people and more extreme. But for me, the point of this podcast is to talk about the kids and what we can do to help them, what we can do to, you know, make sure that our kids are set up the best for success. So to me, those those numbers for the kids are just, they're staggering. And my first thought is, okay, so what what can we do? So, so then we can eat organic. And now things that are labeled as organic, I, once again, I started to really look into this because there's different types of organic labels. And, you know, some people say that it doesn't matter for certain things. So for the majority of items, if they're labeled organic, through the USDA organic regulations, that also mean they're, means they're non-GMO. So they are free of glyphosate and they are non-GMO, so come from the original seeds. Organic you know, means that other synthetic pesticides in addition to glyphosate or Roundup are also not used. Um, just a side note, this doesn't go both ways. So if, if a label says non-GMO, that's not a regulated label, so it's it's not the same as organic. It might not be GMO, but they might still have glyphosate or other um, toxins or chemicals. So while organic isn't perfect, um, I've heard some people argue, well, you know, if things are this contaminated, it really doesn't matter what we eat. It is better than the alternative. Let's limit the amount of things that we're consuming and taking in. And essentially, eating organic now is eating the same foods that we were eating before this explosion in the you know late 80s and early 90s of foods so when if you listen to my previous episode where i was talking with Carl Lynn of just ingredients she gives a great example of frosted flakes and explains how you know eating frosted flakes in the in the early 80s it's not even the same ingredients if you put labels side by side to the food that is 
quote-unquote food that is Frosted Flakes now. So, bit of a history lesson. Thanks for bearing with me. I find this fascinating. I also get really fired up. Um, It makes me frustrated, but I, once again, just focus on the kids and for the things that I can control, there's, you know, a couple different things we can do. So, first of all, it is more affordable. Consumers are demanding organic produce. Even compared to, once again, 10 years ago when I started, there was like maybe maybe five things at Costco that were organic. They were definitely more expensive, like significantly so. And now they have, I'm just using Costco as an example, but they have hundreds of organic products. And that's because people are demanding it. So as consumers, that's something we can do, is we can demand to have organic products and continue to buy them so that they continue to supply. Supply and demand, baby. So then um, another thing we can do is focus on the Dirty Dozen. So the EWG releases a Dirty Dozen list every year, and it's produce that has the most contaminants, toxins, or pesticides. And it's 12 Dirty Dozen, and then they also release the Clean 15. They have little things on their website, ewg.org, where you can print them out and like carry them with you in your wallet. You can take a screenshot on your phone to refer to. And, you know, there are some things that are always at the top of the list for offenders for the Dirty Dozen, like strawberries are also at the top. They're so genetically modified and also have such a thin skin that you're eating directly that if they're sprayed with pesticides, it's just... it's almost not eating real fruit, not to sound extreme, but um, another one like tomatoes, they have a really thin skin, it's easy to penetrate. So organic berries are something I I don't mess around with. I always focus on, you know, organic berries and some of those other dirty dozen. Then there's a clean 15. And these are items like avocados are usually on there, onions. They have thicker skins, they're not as heavily sprayed in general, they're less likely to be GMO crops. And so having this as a guideline, this dirty dozen, is really helpful because um, that way, if you know, financially, it's, it's helpful not to have to buy every single thing organic when some things um, really are okay to, to eat without that organic label. And then um, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but, you know, in an ideal world, we would all be able to eat clean you know, i.e. eating real foods all the time, fruits, vegetables, meats, and nuts. But there are times when processed foods are a necessity. They're nice to have on hand. They're easy with kids. Um, I know for food storage purposes, you can't, you know, only store fresh produce. You have to have some of those processed, meaning boxed or packaged or canned goods. So when we buy organic processed foods, they're free of many things. But to name a few top ones, um, artificial dyes and flavorings, artificial sweeteners like aspartame, high fructose corn syrup. So some of those top offenders that can lead to, you know, inflammation in the gut and in the brain and the gut and the brain work together. So that can tie into emotions, behavioral issues, um, all types of different things. So for me, having those, you know, processed foods, I just make sure to buy organic of. And then I would also, this is once again echoing something that Carolyn said when I talked to her. She just said, if you're confused of where to start, if you're still overwhelmed, then focus on whatever your family consumes the most of. 
And so if you're eating applesauce every day, focus on an organic applesauce. If you you are a big pasta family, find a better alternative for pasta. Um, Because as a parent, the goal is to give kids as many tools as possible. And I... You know, I know I'm already doing plenty, I'm sure, to mess up my son. We sometimes joke that his savings account, we should start a separate one to pay for therapy someday because don't all of us need therapy from the mistakes of our parents. But um, so many of us benefit from cleaner eating. And for me, that's a very doable, actionable step. I can focus on buying organic things. I can factor that into my budget. I can make those choices and weigh out, you know, the dirty dozen versus those clean 15. And then for me, once again, learning some of the why behind why organic is even around is, is really helpful. And I focus on with my son, um, if there are times where I'm like, ah, is it worth it? I just remind myself his brain and his body is still developing. Adults have a fully developed brain. He does not. So his ability to detox, to break things down, to control his gut is is not, you know, it's not fully matured yet. It's not fully developed. So I think it's especially important to give our kids quality food um, that they they need, that their bodies need, and we'll be able to see really positive things from that. Okay, so hopefully that wasn't too word vomity. I am I just feel it's really important to talk about this and I do feel like more people are talking about glyphosate and organic products and so I hope you find the information helpful. Let me know if you have any thoughts or any other awesome resources I need to check out. I love to learn about this and there's obviously so much more that there is to learn, so much more to dive into. Um, thanks for taking the time to listen. See you next week. Thanks for joining me today. If you like what you heard, then share, share, share wherever your heart desires. You can find me at Mama Hive Pod on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes.